It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh, and I am joined right now because it is the very final day of Women's History Month. Uh, by a woman who is trying to create history for women all the time. Christina Reynolds is the Vice President of Communications at Emily's List. Christina, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, what was your favorite feminist jam from the 90s? <laughs> I mean, that's a good boy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Pick, it, pick an Indigo Girls song. I don't, you know, like. Don't yeah, know. that's honestly, that's where I go to. Like, if I have to get really yeah. deep with like, if I have to get really deep in my woman feelings. Um, I generally go for Indigo Girls. <laughs> yeah, I was big on Ani DeFranco, who uh, I will say, oh, for the, sure. you know, joy of my 90s feminist heart that she actually played at an Emily's List event a couple years ago. Um, after I, I left, do you know how angry I was? What? Like, after Jess, I left you stay Emily's the whole time. List? <laughs> oh, God, oh I, yeah. Ani DeFranco. Oh, you mean after you left the building? Yeah, no, it's true. It's true. Um, yeah, it's, uh, we did a joint t-shirt with her. She's been fantastic. And, um, it was, you know, you could tell who were feminists of a certain age in the room when she played because, um, it was, you know, (laughs) 40 year old women (laughs) screaming and crying. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Yeah. Well, happy women's 20 year olds. (laughs) Yeah. Happy women's history month to you. Okay. So, um, it is what we would normally describe as an off year, but I have seen a a move to banish that term from our progressive activist lexicon. Um, how are you feeling about the concept of off year and, and what is, what are you guys doing in this off year, um, to help elect women? I mean, there are no more off years, right? We have, and and there aren't, I think, and I, by the way, kudos to, I would say, the progressive community and the people out there who were turned on to political activism under Donald Trump, because I don't think they've let up. I don't think they've said, okay, Mm -hmm. Joe Biden's in, we can all just rest now. I think that maybe it's not there's not quite as much outrage on Twitter every day. You know, you can you can take a deep breath right. and read Twitter a little more, right? Um, but but I think we realize, unfortunately, that there are still a lot of threats out there. That there are still a lot of challenges that we need to solve. You know, we see it in everything from the the hate crimes that our AAPI community is facing to we're still seeing shooting mass shootings Um, we still have big economic problems we need to solve and so we are still out there uh, fighting to get more women elected and that includes um, some special elections right now we're in the fight with Karen Carter Peterson in the Louisiana second race which is an open seat Um, we're keeping an eye on um, the seat that the great Deb Holland uh, left to go be mm-hmm. the first Native American ever in the cabinet um, and keeping an eye on that Ohio 11 uh, seat where there are a number of great women running um, and uh, looking forward. So we've got, um, I apologize, there's a, we have a new puppy and so you may hear noise in the background. Um, but we've new, got, Rosie uh, has a buddy. There's a, there's Sorry, an, we're, uh, yes, we're going to have to tangent and talk about this puppy now. <gasps> sure, sure. Name? 
but um, his name is his name is Canyon. Uh, that was my dad's call sign when he was a pilot. Um, he is, oh my god, uh, I love that. He, yes, he is uh, four pounds, um, but believes he oh. is much larger. And so, um, Rosie, my my uh, former Kuwaiti street dog Stray, um, who's about <laughs> fifty five pounds, is being very gentle with him. Um, but every now and again, he'll, he'll cross a boundary, and and she sort of barks and puts him in his place. So you may hear that in the background. That is an important but, um, point. There's, that's an important part of puppy training, and and they they communicate right. with each other differently than we do. And it's important. To oh, congratulations right. on the new member of your family. That's very yes, exciting. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Um, but we are we what, what we are continuing to do at Emily's List, despite new puppies and all sorts of uh, new things <laughs> happening in the world, um, is continue to recruit women to run, continue to uh, train women. We've already done, I think, three uh, online trainings uh, this year um, for both staff and uh, and candidates. And continue to endorse women. We've had um, a few victories at the state and local level already um, where people have moved into different offices. And so we're endorsing women to move into them. And we're keeping an eye on races like Virginia, um, which which is Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, Virginia has elections every year. Um, and so um, <laughs> right. we have a, a state legislature, governor, governor's race and other statewide. Um, and so keeping an eye on all of those. Um, and also trying to back up our women who are in office um, and support them however we can. Because the truth is, what we saw with the insurrection at the Capitol um, and, mm-hmm. and what we see in, in some of the things that are happening around the country are happening to our women electeds every day. And I think yeah, it's I wanted important to talk about for this. us to keep it. Yeah, I think it's important for us to keep in mind because there is something that we can do to help them. But, you know, we saw just this past week the Republican um, chair in Michigan referred to uh, the great Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan, um, Jocelyn Benson, mm-hmm. who is secretary of state in Michigan, and Dana Nessel, the attorney general, as three witches and later referred to we need to soften them up for burning at the stake. This is, just in case people forgot, a state in which there was a legitimate plot to kidnap and kill the governor. So outside of you should never threaten violence, you should never refer to women as witches who we need to burn at the stake. That's all awful and should not be a part of modern politics. You're literally in a state where people were going to do that. Like, how can you think that right. that's something you can toss around casually? And, you know, I think it was Cori Bush who said, you know, we're no longer seeing death threats. We're seeing death attempts, right? We have to wow. do better. And one of the ways that I think that I would say for everyone listening that we can do better is to lift up the good things that these women are doing. They online. They face so much crap online. Um, I won't go blue because we're on the radio. Yeah. But you know, they they face. Yeah, you can. It's just, the eight a.m. hour. We try to we try uh, to keep it we try to there keep it go. family friendly in the seven a.m. But yeah, you know, Got by it. eight you've Got had it. your coffee. You're ready for it. There you go. There you go. Well, they face so much abuse. All, you know, the disinformation is bigger for women and it it tends to be more gendered. Um, They face more attacks. And I think we all look at that and we say we have to defend them. Right. And we do. And so we push back against the negative. But in doing that, we're helping spread the negative. Um, And so, yes, we need to fact check. But one of the things that we really need to do for these women is highlight when they do good stuff. It helps 
to blur the, you know, to, to muddy the waters between all the negative that's out there. It helps to remind people there's a reason we elected these great women. And so when you see these women politicians that you like, I would urge us all to just like mentally have a every time I push something negative, you know, every time I push back against some of the bullshit that they see there, see, I'll go blue. Um, I'm mm-hmm. also going to highlight something good that they did because they do so much good stuff. And that's something that I think we lose sight of when we, you know, the outrage is real. Right. And and I will say, yeah. I'm pretty sure I tweeted about that, um, about that ridiculous burned at the stake comment, but then we need to take a yeah. beat and say, okay, but also Gretchen Whitmer is doing great things on vaccines in Michigan, right. And trying to make it more available. Well, let's talk about that too. And that's something that, um, that we're, we're trying to get out there is to lift up the amazing things because all of these women are doing great things in office. You know this. You worked at Emily's List, right? Women mm-hmm. get stuff done. And, and mm-hmm. um, you know, they pass more bills, right? They, they get in there and they do the work and they don't always get the attention. And so let's help be the attention. That's think, a long I'm so glad that you're framing it doing, this way. But... No, no, no. It's important. It's really important because, like, I, I definitely wanted to go there with you, but I, I was also hesitant because I don't... I don't like focusing on the attacks that women are are facing in elected office. I want to focus on their leadership, but this, but, but something different is happening. And I also don't want to ignore that there is a a real threat that I I don't think is being taken seriously enough. Like we are not talking Mm -hmm. about the same kind of trolling that, you know, women have always experienced online. There's, there's something different happening in terms of the threats going to elected officials now than even in, you know, let's say 2015. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've talked to a lot of a lot of uh, women who are, you know, on the campaign staffs of women running. I've talked to folks at Emily's List about this mm-hmm. issue. Like there's a rise and it seems mm-hmm. to have come in like like post Trump. Um, there seems to be a lot. Is it is it insurrection related? Do we think that's where it's coming from? I I'm sure that's part of it. And I haven't done a scientific study. You know, I'm a former researcher, so I always have to mm-hmm. caveat. Right. Um, I haven't done a scientific study <laughs> of this. But what I would say is I think we had four years of um, permission from the top and perhaps even encouragement of this kind of language, of this kind of attitude. You know, I mean, you and I worked on Hillary's campaign, and, and we remember the days when mm-hmm. Trump was saying, like, um, was was suggesting violence to the media, to the protesters, right? Was, um, you know, they didn't fight. They had their New Hampshire chair uh, said that Hillary should be subject to a, to a um, uh, death by firing, right? Um, and right. Right. Uh, didn't. He did nothing, right? They didn't fire him. They didn't even reprimand him. I mean, this is the sort of thing that Trump, you know, you could say with a wink and a nod, but honestly, he was shouting it from a bullhorn, was saying was okay. Um, He argued for overturning election results, right? We know that there is a permission structure that I think he set out. um, And he argued that people are illegitimate in their office, which I think gives people an additional permission structure. And so... For people who sit and believe hmm. that, then I think um, it's a lot easier to dehumanize, you know, to argue that it's okay in their heads. And 
And so it's become yeah. so much easier. And then when you get people who go a step further than that and might actually take those actions, they see the encouragement online, even from people who, who, who are never going to pick up a gun or never going to do something, they've been encouraged by it. And it's all one big right. cycle. And I think we just need to make sure that um, – that those those people who are subject to that are also subject to some lifting up of the actual work they're doing because the work is important and and valuable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and they honestly, women women do a different kind of work when they when they get elected. You know, there are some there are some men who are certainly they certainly run because they have identified problems that they want to solve. But it is not really across the board like it is for Democratic women. Like if you ask a Democratic woman why they ran, there was a particular problem that they wanted to deal with. And they thought that running for office was probably going to be the best way for them to handle it. Um, and that's not the kind of answer that you get from most of the men. So like there is actually a difference in governing style even that we sort of lose when we're, fo we're forced to focus on this stuff. And that's intensely frustrating. Yeah, it, and it, I'm sure it forces them off. I mean, to your point, right? Like it forces them off their game. You know, it forces them off. And we right. all know, right? We're, right. We're, we're communicators. You want to drive your own message. And sometimes you just have to live in the message that someone creates for you when that message is all reporters will ask you about or all people are aware of or things like that. And um, to have that be death threats or burning at the stake or right. any of that stuff um, does such a disservice to these amazing public servants. Yeah, I feel like it, it. Like I have such whiplash about this moment because it is both the best one that I've lived through in terms of women elected officials and, and the worst. <laughs> like we right. have, you know, we have Kamala Harris as vice president. Like people are putting yeah. Katie Porter whiteboard energy on t-shirts <laughs> running around the country with them. Like we are, we are celebrating yes. different kinds of women like than I have. I mean, I remember when I started Emily's List, you know, several lifetimes ago, there was really like one model for the kind of woman who would run for office. And it was it was the Nancy Pelosi model. It was like you you've had your career, you've had your kids. Mm -hmm. And now instead of retiring, you're going to you're going to be a public servant, which is great. But now we've got young women. We have single mothers. We have uh, mm -hmm. women who have never, never been in the kinds of industries that we think of as, you know, feeder yep. schools for Congress and the Senate. Um, and that means they handle this stuff differently. They're not as, they're, they're, they haven't been trained not to talk about it. They're, they, they tend to talk about it. Um, and they also tend to govern differently. So I guess my, my question is, mm -hmm. now that Trump is gone, are we and and we're and we're dealing with the after effects of of him, which are all the things that we've just outlined. Yeah. Is has there been a chilling effect on those different kinds of women deciding to throw no. their hat in the ring? Like, are are women looking at? Okay, good. Tell me all about it. <laughs> no, no, it's phenomenal. I mean, I think that, um, you know, I think that twenty seventeen, you know, Trump's election might have opened the door. It might have. Um, I would argue sort of forced more women to say, okay, I, I got to go do it, right? Like he's yeah. going to cause big problems and I need to be the solution, right? Um, but I think what they saw was 
women like them doing it. And so, yes, maybe I can do it. They saw that those women, despite facing, you know, facing these challenges that we're talking about, um, were, were finding success. And they also just saw themselves in office. I mean, I, I, and I think you and I have talked about this, right? I, I do believe every woman that runs makes it better for the next one because it means yeah. that we see women as electeds. I mean, you know, now what that also means is that I would argue the, you know, Nancy Pelosi and Katie Porter and Kamala Harris probably made it easier for Lauren Boebert to get <laughs> elected. And that's, you know, but, um, but the yeah. reality yes, is that's true. nowadays when we say think of a candidate you might think of Kamala Harris, Vice President Harris, thank you very much. You might think of um, Speaker right. Pelosi. You might think of Katie Porter, right? You might think of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. You might think of Ayanna Presley instead of just thinking of a guy in a suit. And that changes things. That allows so many more women to say, yep, I can do it too. You know, if I can watch Katie Porter, a single mom, do it, then I can, you know, then I might be able to, too. If I can watch Sharice Davids, uh, you know, the first Native American, one of the two first Native American women ever elected, um, an LGBTQ woman to get elected in Kansas. Yeah, I can go for it. Um, who, by the way, was reelected by a huge margin. Thank you very much. Go, go Representative Davids. Yes. Um, you yes, know, she was. It's, it's something it's something really exciting. And um, I, I got to get in a book plug here. But, you know, Stephanie and I. I was just about to ask you, too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stephanie Shriak and I um, uh, we just put out a book um, called Run to Win, Lessons for Leadership and Women Changing the World. And this is one of the things that we talk about is this shift. Right. This idea of of moving from the women in the, the, the black or brown, unfortunately, brown pantsuit, right, um, with a bob mm-hmm. that kind of looked mannish, right, um, into mm-hmm. and the woman, and a woman of a certain age who'd put her kids through school and done all that, and God bless those women, um, into yeah. women that do not fit in, into any box, that, you know, um, make up such a, such a great variety of voices it's so exciting and it means we're having all these firsts and, and the list of firsts is, is so long, but more excitingly, it means we're going to get to the thirds and the fifths and the 34th. Yeah. And, you know, when we can stop saying, Oh, this is the, you know, the eighth woman to ever get elected from this district and, and just recognize that she's just <laughs> someone who got elected. Right. Um, which right. we would love to celebrate. We'd love to stop celebrating first. Um, and Oh my and God. Something, so much. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so that's something that I think we are definitely moving to. Um, You know, I can tell you, um, I think I think I've talked about this before. I know Stephanie has, you know, every day we get a little count of how many women signed up for for run to win, which is our Emily's List like program for helping women run for office. And every day since, you know, every day after 2018, Stephanie and I always say we hold our breath and we look at the count because one day we feel like it's going to be zero. It's going to be yesterday. Nobody signed up. And that number has never been zero. And that is an awesome (laughs) feeling, right? Those women are still coming in. Our trainings are still, you know, we're doing them online now. Um, They're still hugely popular, right? We still get this huge number of women who sign up. We, it's just happening all over the place. So rest assured, deep breath, they're still they're still out there running. They have not given up. They have, in fact, I think, been inspired I mean, by Katie and Sharice and, you know, so on and so forth. I, I, I still remember that was I, I mean, I think it was like the only bright spot that I had in early 2017 was talking to you guys 
about the number of women who were reaching out saying that they wanted to run. Like, the beginning of the mm-hmm. Trump presidency was so horrific, so abysmal, yeah. that yeah. that was one of the only things. I, I'm sure we talked about it on this show, like, every single mm-hmm. day because we needed to. We needed that, that bit of hope. But the idea that, that you know, I, I, I think I've probably said this to you before, but, like, I learned the wrong lesson from 2016. Like, when we lost in 2016, I was like, well, shit, this mm-hmm. just can't happen. If that woman, a woman yep. that qualified, that on yep. it can lose to that thing, then there's just no point. I'm packing it in. I'm going home. I'm sitting under my bed with a <laughs> bottle of Prosecco and a pie, and that's that. And, like, yep. the women of America, they learned the exact opposite lesson, and I'm so deeply grateful that they turned out to be right and I turned out to be wrong because they all went, if that thing can get elected, I'm running. I'm doing this. I'm better That's than right. that. And then they all got elected. And I- right. I've been worried a little bit that now that Trump is gone, that spigot gets turned off a little bit. And the the, the gains that we have made in terms of women seeing themselves as candidates, um, you know, they, they, they roll back just a little bit. And it... It sounds like no. that hasn't happened yet. It, it hasn't happened. And in fact, what we're seeing now is what, what Stephanie likes to call the, the best kind of problem, which is we've got a lot of primaries where there <laughs> are many. a lot of women running. And, you know, that's something oh. I mean, you were at Emily's List at a point when I suspect yep. that was not much of a problem, right? Um, now no. Got, in, in fact, the press would assume women. that we were trying to get one of them out of the race. The press would assume sure. that we that we didn't want that sure. to happen. They would be like, right. well, what are you right. going to do about this other woman looking at this race? And we're like, uh, that's it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> it's a right. happy problem. Okay. Right. So so how has it we're changed? We're seeing it everywhere. I mean, it's we're seeing it all over the place where um, it's not just multiple women, it's multiple great qualified women, in many cases, multiple great yeah. qualified women of color. You know, it's, it's fantastic. It, it is, you know, an interesting challenge for Emily's List, right, um, to uh, have to do more picking between women or sitting races out because we know a great woman's going to win. And so, okay, we'll yeah. focus our attention elsewhere. But, um, but that's, that's a challenge we embrace, right? Like, okay, you know, um, we're seeing yeah. more women. And, you know, I always point to the presidential race. And obviously, we didn't have a woman win the, the primary. But, but what we saw was with so many women running and those women being markedly different, there was no way you could say, oh, she's running for the women's lane, right? You, you looked and you knew right. that Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren were not competing for the same voters, Right. That was pretty right. obvious because they were such different candidates. And, and what I would argue is it helped us realize there weren't candidates and women candidates. Right. They were all candidates <laughs> and they were right. different in different ways. Right. Um, and that's something that we're seeing more and more. Um, and I think it, it what it means is that we're headed towards. Boy, we're not there yet, but we're headed towards a day when, um, you know, it's it's just normal and when we get to parity i mean now a reminder in all these victories we're still only at roughly 25 percent of congress right we're still at less than a third of state legislatures um or state legislators um are are women we still have a lot of there are a bunch of states where a woman has never been elected governor there are still seats in congress um where where a woman has never held them there you know there's there's we got a lot of first Still to do, um, but we're but we're getting there, and, and and nobody's letting up. We've got more and more women running every day. 
I love that so much. Okay, tell me a little bit about the book in the last final minutes that we have. <laughs> who should buy Run to Win? Who is who is this book? Who is this book written for? Sure, um, this book is I would say is written for. I would argue, I don't want to cut off our sales. Anybody can read it, but it's written for ladies. Um, <laughs> it is written for any woman who wants to make a change. It takes the guidance, that the, the, the things that Stephanie and I have learned throughout our career, um, and Stephanie has had this phenomenal career. She, she won two Senate races. As you know, you were with her for one of them mm -hmm. in the red and purple states. She was Howard Dean's finance director on a, on a, in a run that raised a ton of money. Um, she has had this amazing She invented career. internet fundraising, basically. <laughs> Uh, right. Um, she's, it's lessons from her career. It's lessons that we teach women at Emily's List. Um, it's the stories from uh, her time at Emily's List. And, and it breaks it into, um, uh, I think, 10 different lessons that, that apply to any woman who wants to make a change. Because one of the things when Stephanie and I were talking about the way we teach women to run is we realized that that, that advice isn't just for people who want to run for office. And hopefully it's a good guide if you want to run and every woman should think about it. But, um, but I think that, uh, you know, things like making an ask, um, you know, one of the things that we teach women to do is you, you, you ask for money and then you take a drink of water. Stephanie counts to seven, but she's yeah. more patient than I am. But you take a drink of water. <laughs> and, and I always said, I said, well, that's not just good when you're asking for money. Like every, I don't know about you, every job negotiation I've ever had, I've said, I would like this amount of money but money's not going to be an issue. And I really want this job. So don't worry about it. Oh, you know, I do this I all the time. Of, it, of course, right? everything is scalable. I'm happy to work within your budget. Just let me know if I need to adjust anything up or down. <laughs> just stop talking. Totally. Just, just say this is my rate. Of water, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. One yeah. of the other things is, you know, losing is just another step on the journey. It's not the end of the journey. Um, another one, and Stephanie is big on this, is celebrate your wins, right? Too often yeah. we win something, we get a victory and we're like, okay, great. Now I got to do work instead of stopping and yeah. saying, Hey, I won. And it's a big deal. And that's good for our psyche, but it's also good for all women because we need to be in a place when a, you know, a man celebrating his win is considered normal. A woman celebrating her win is still a little bit like, Hmm, you know, look at yeah. her bragging, you know, yeah. like look at her right. taking credit. Yeah. Yeah, we should take credit, right? And so we need yes, we owe is. that to all of our sisters to do that. And that's something that I think um, it's it's a good lesson and, and something Stephanie often reminds. You know, she talks to all our candidates after they win and after they lose, and 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 the ones who win are always like, okay, so how do I build a staff and what do I do with this and what? And she's like, hey, great, right? But also, congratulations, you just won. Isn't that awesome? All right. And I just <laughs> I, I love that. It's a great lesson. Yeah, yeah. No, we got it. We got to sell. Okay, so we have to celebrate ourselves, and we have to celebrate the women that we see um, who are in leadership right now, going through all of the awful stuff that they have to go through. They are getting it done anyway um, because that's what women do. Christina Reynolds, thank you so much for hanging out with me this morning. It is awesome as always to talk to you, and um, welcome to Little Canyon, Big Sister Rosie. Thank you all so much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at Zerlina Maxwell at Jess underscore MC and at Signal Boost Show. Thank <laughs> you.